Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, turn the notifications on. Also, make sure you subscribe to Off the Floor. That's where you get texts directly to your phone from all the hosts of Five on the Floor. We got new stuff up there. Look at that. Check it out at winno.app backslash off the floor. That's W-I-N-N-O dot app backslash off the floor of the of course if you follow the five reasons twitter account we tweeted out about 10 times a day so make sure you check it out three dollars and five cents per month and this is so you can bypass twitter and again hear directly from us also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes better edge this is our legal betting partner that's right legal l-e-g-a-l go to betteredge.com use code five rsn that's the number five rsn you get $20 to play. You are betting against others who use it. You are not betting against the bookie or an app. That is why it's legal. Again, use the code 5RSN, find the line you want, and get $20 to play. And now, today's episode. Down to this game. Five on the floor, drive for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And we've got James Harden. Alex, video, audio, hit it. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Okay. A couple things here, and then I'll go to you guys. The first thing is, everybody knows how I feel about James Harden. Um, everybody knows how these two guys feel about the Sixers. So this might be the most fun episode we ever have. Uh, but, but, okay. I'm not a huge fan of the way that Daryl Morey does business at times either. So I don't even know who to root for in this little thing. We're just rooting for chaos at this stage. Uh, James Harden literally did this in China. If people don't understand the backstory with China, of course, Daryl Morey uh, went after China, which of course is going after the NBA in a lot of ways. And look, I'm not going to get into the politics of all that. I have certain feelings about it. Others have certain feelings about it. I understand, uh, certainly the human rights issues that are involved here. I don't think that the NBA has acted right in every case, nor have the stars who have participated with China. But with all of that being said, Harden knows that backstory. He knows, okay, that essentially Morey was persona non grata within some uh, in the upper levels of the, uh, of the NBA as a result of his comments related to China. And so to do that at a camp in front of kids, okay, in China during this tour, and not just to say it once on a mic, but to then say it again, just in case it wasn't heard correctly the first time. And this is a guy in James Harden who has, and I, he didn't ask out of OKC necessarily. I'm not going to blame him for that. That was a cheap owner that didn't want to pay him, who should have paid him, and it was a bad trade. 
he basically fat suited his way out of Houston. Okay. <laughs> to Brooklyn. Then he, in Brooklyn, he wiggled his way out of there too. Ends up in Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, who pulled this kind of stuff. And now Harden is doing the exact same thing. And again, we'll get into the specifics of why he's doing this and whether Morey was right, what promises were made. But essentially, by Harden doing this in China, not only is he going after Morey directly that way, but he's essentially outing Morey for making a wink-wink promise <laughs> that he wasn't supposed to make because he's essentially saying that he opted, not only took less money last offseason so that he would be taken care of this offseason. Well, of course, the Sixers didn't know, although they should have, that he was going to score nine points in a deciding game to keep them from going to the conference finals. But not only is he saying that, but he's essentially saying that that Morey didn't agree with the didn't go along with the wink wink this year, which, by the way, is against NBA rules to essentially get him to opt in, promising him to trade him to just one team, which, by the way, is what the NBA went haywire about Dame Lillard about because he picked Miami. So there are Philadelphia ramifications here. There are league ramifications and there are Miami ramifications. And we're going to take those in order. But before we do, Alex laugh. Oh, my God. Like, shout out to the Philadelphia 76ers, man. <laughs> Throughout all of this, for so many years now, just an endless source of entertainment. Just incredible stuff, man. Like, honestly, it, it's almost like I wrote it, but I couldn't even take credit for such a masterpiece. Like, the way that it's all gone down since the – not just the beginning of the process, but the fact that they had, like, something there. Not something great. Not a contender. They had something there took it apart and went underwent this, I mean, uh, just went through this incredible extreme that, you know, the NBA hadn't really seen and just instilled so many losing habits and the way that it's kind of like manifested itself in all these different things throughout the years. It's just amazing. Like I was, I thought about the Colangelo thing that happened at this point, like five years oh, ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the wife, right? The new plant. <laughs> Right, the burners, <laughs> all of that. It, I it, forgot it, about that one. <laughs> somebody listed it on uh, on a tweet, like all the stuff that's happened over the years, and it's like year by year. I'm like, wow. Like I just got to give him a shout out because I feel like instead of the the constant negative stuff that I'm that I'm saying about the Sixers, shout out to that because that hardened video. I don't know that anything that like any stand up that comes out this year is going to be funnier than that. Like it's going to be hardened versus, you know, I guess like what what, what is the, the the standard for comedy TV like. The new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm or something, or, right? Or Chappelle <laughs> show more likely, which I would have liked to have seen somebody play him on that. Yeah, I, well, he, that was still going on. I just, I just mean like in the modern day, like that's it's Harden versus that for for like best comedy of 2023. I, I think it's that was comedic gold. That was hilarious. The 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 saying it the second time, oh my <laughs> god! Like it's like a, it was like a skit. Like it's like if somebody wrote this, it's amazing. Just listen to me. We would just make fun of the Sixers the rest of the episode, and we would never even get into the analyst portion of this. Shout out to Derek Bodner, Derek Bodner NBA. I'm just going to run through some of this because it's hilarious. This is off-season since 2013 by Philadelphia. 2013, they traded their 21-year-old all-star point guard to tank. 2014, drafted two players who wouldn't play. 2015, drafted their third straight center. 2016, hired an advisor's son to run the team. 2017, number one pick loses the ability to shoot a basketball. 2018, DM <laughs> Dash, star player on Twitter, under burner accounts, 
hired a new GM with no experience. 2019 traded Jimmy Butler. Heat link. 2020 fired coach, hired new coach, then hired new GM. That that is a very interesting one if you think about that deeply. 2021 star point guard demands trade. 2022 investigated for tampering. 2023 star point guard demands trade. We would never rather be the Sixers. Here's the question I'll ask. Tobias Harris over me. So this is the two responses I got on Twitter about mm-hmm. this as it related to Miami. And that's really where everyone wants to head. Um, it was essentially either that this helps Dame's situation because Portland sees how bad and how ugly it can get and mm-hmm. tries to avoid that. And then there's another perspective where people are saying that essentially this puts less pressure on Portland mm-hmm. because he, Dame is going to have to be so damn loud to be louder than what we just heard from James Harden to actually get heard at that same level. And mm-hmm. so, as I pose those two counterpoints, Ethan, as we yeah. pivot back to you so you could take control of this episode and we don't just make fun of the Sixers for the whole time. Um, what do you think – what was your reaction when you saw that quote as it relates to Dane? I don't – here's this is a def, this is kind of a deflection a little bit. I don't think it affects him that much. Um, I, I, that, I would actually lean towards the third option. I was thinking about it all day and I can see the merit in both arguments. Um, I can see the merit in, we talked about how Dame had to out Jimmy, Jimmy, and basically James Harden just did that in terms of the way that Jimmy acted in Minnesota. So I, I understand that argument now that it's going to be harder for Dame to get heard because the media is going to be more interested in the circus that's closer to Bristol which is the one in Philadelphia, because deep down ESPN and Fox, they don't care about the Portland Trailblazers. They, they, they do care about the Sixers. Okay. They care about the Sixers in relation to the Knicks in relation to Boston in relation to that division, the Eastern conference, that's where they lean. So there will be more focus on Harden, even though in my view, he does not deserve it anymore because he's not a top 50 player in the NBA. I'm going to repeat that. He's not a top 50 player in the NBA. When you don't defend and you don't come up clutch in the playoffs time after time. You're not a top 50 player in the NBA anymore. I'm sorry. The, the numbers are gaudy, but he he failed last year. And again, these are two, to me, this is the most overrated general manager in the game and the most overrated player in the game that are going at it. Okay, Daryl Morey reached uh, this level of, of fandom among national media members because he talked to them. I'm telling you, I know that game. I was in the national media game. Morey goes to the Sloan conference and, and they all break bread with him and have dinner with him and chill with him. And he's cool with them. And he gave them information and all the rest of this. And he has gotten this lifetime pass as a result of it, even though the reality is he hasn't done anything effective in years, really since the Harden trade, like the first one, like the one from OKC, which he did steal James Harden from them because Harden basically was over $3 million, I believe. Okay. The owner, the oil guy in OKC who didn't want to pay James that extra money and ended up being Kevin Martin and a bunch of pieces, whatever. And it was a heist. Okay. There's no question about it. Even Adam. Right. Well, Stephen, I was right. It was a heist. Okay. No question. But with all of that being said, like since then, like, what has he done? Except it seems like alienate players like Chris Paul feels like he lied to him. Now, Harden, not that he's the best, the best judgment on these matters, okay, or the best source, he thinks he lied to him. 
the Philadelphia situation you mentioned and you went through it, like we can make fun of Sam Hinkie, okay, and a lot of people did during the process and the approach, and it's counterproductive, uh, counterintuitive to what Miami Heat fans believe or or the Heat believe. But with that being said, at least there was a process. Like there was a plan. Like the idea with with Philly, we can argue with the merits of the plan, but the plan was process. You say process, but you strip it down and you get as many first high first round picks as you can, and you suck, okay, and you try to hit on them. The problem is, okay, they hit on Embiid, okay, and they got him only because he slipped in the draft because of injury concerns, right? They effed up completely. Okay, the the faults thing, because they ended up giving up a first round pick to pass on Tatum to take faults. But uh, again, most people had faults ahead of Tatum at the time. Okay, they drafted Noel. They drafted who was the big out of Duke, the one who wasn't fit for the modern game. Thank you. Okay, who who won with just right. So they they they, right. His days had that big slow footed. Okay, back to the basket. Big doesn't work anymore. So they made mistakes about what they did, but there was an approach. But after him, it's just been throwing bleep at the wall. I mean, Colangelo, uh, you know, it it flamed out for him in Toronto before Masai came. Didn't work there. Elton was inexperienced. Elton was not at fault, by the way, for the Jimmy thing. That was that Elton wanted to keep Jimmy, from my understanding. They had a pretty good relationship with Elton. It was about the coach and it was about the owner. Okay. It was about Josh Harris and about, uh, about, uh, what's it, Brett Brown, right? That, you know, he didn't, Jimmy, didn't get along with Brett Brown and, and the whole thing about uh, Josh Harris was, you know, there was a lack of trust that sort of developed at that stage. It was more about them, but then they, they bring in Maury. And I said at the time, and I have these arguments with our friend Sedano all the time about Daryl, like, like (laughs) it wasn't going to work. Like, because the only thing Daryl knows how to do is go get James Harden. Like that's really legitimately all he's done. And now like, this is like seven years later when he went and got James Harden the last time, seven or eight, and James Harden is is has all the bad habits he used to have, except his body is gone, and now he really doesn't give a shit. And that's basically what you brought into this mess. And where this is leading, the long term of this, is that they're going to lose the one guy they hit on eventually yeah. because yeah. sometime in the next 10 months, Joel Embiid is going, going to demand a trade. That's where we're headed. And so can you believe as he's watching this, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can you believe what he must be thinking? I just, it's, it's he clearly literally... didn't like playing with Harden either. He didn't like playing with Simmons. He didn't like playing with Harden. There's one guy he liked playing with, and that guy is playing in Miami. I mean, that, that's, this all goes back to that. It goes back to that, that decision to not recognize that their best player in that postseason was Jimmy Butler. Okay. And so Miami basically, you know, lucked into it because my the Philly didn't realize what they had, but, and we'll pivot after the break again with some more of the Miami ramifications here. And I want to get your guys thoughts on it. But as I, as I look at it, I say, okay, first thing is the first way it affects Miami is Philadelphia is a mess. So let's just take it closer to home before we even get to the Dame stuff. You're talking about a team that finished ahead of Miami last year. Okay. That was within a game of going to the conference finals itself. They're not a threat. I mean, I not with this going on. I mean, they're going to hold Harden into camp. What are they going to get for him? Robert Covington back? Okay, and some Norm Powell and other pieces like that? They're not going to be as good next year as they were this year. So we're really talking in the Eastern Conference. Still, it's Boston and Milwaukee and Miami. That's that's where you're at. So that's the first way. Even if he don't get Dame, 
The Heat will finish ahead of Philadelphia. Maybe not in the regular season, but they will outlast them in the playoffs. I will get, I'll take that bet with anybody right now. Will you guys? I'm in. Cur- current roster. Current roster. The Heat don't make another change. Oh, I'm in. Absolutely. Playoffs? Yes. That's Absolutely. where that's the qualifier I needed. Thank you. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. So they're gonna maybe not regular season, but they will finish ahead of them in the playoffs. They will outlast them. Okay. So that's the first thing. But yes, after the break, I want to pivot back to the other side of this, which is the Dame side of this, because I, I I come down more on the idea of I don't think it has a big effect on him. I think that I think the pressure that Joe Cronin is going to feel is a week before training camp when he's got this young roster that's coming into camp, okay, and this young backcourt, and I just think that there's no there's no other offers that are going to be coming. And I just think at that stage, a week before camp, he starts to get serious about this because I, I think it's, it's franchise malpractice to bring Dame Lillard when he doesn't want to be there in there to basically block this rebuild in a number of different ways, block the backcourt from starting together. Okay. Those three pieces that they have and also block the path to keeping. And we've talked about this in another episode, their lottery pick this year by potentially winning too many games early in the season to get as high up as they want to get. And maybe even, although I don't think this is going to happen, lose the pick outright to Chicago because they end up squeaking into the plan. I, 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 to me, it's, it's a disastrous decision for Joe Cronin to bring Dame Lillard to camp independent of James Harden. But I think that this speaks to the kind of character that Dame Lillard has and the kind of compared to the kind of character that James Harden has and why the Miami Heat are going after the right guy, okay? Which is why I did not want Harden two years ago, okay? When others laughed at me, I would not have traded Tyler Hero for James Harden then. When Tyler Hero was 12, when Tyler Hero was three, I would not have traded Tyler Hero for James Harden. You can't, could not get me to want James Harden on a team that I either root for or cover. I just, I'm sorry, I'm, I wouldn't. Okay, let's go to the ads, and then we're going to go you ended up being right about that. Thank you. One thing I was right about. All right. Do want, do want to mention a couple of great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Center. You know who's right all the time? Lynette. And not just about the heat. Go to insurancebylynette.com. Get your life insurance, your car insurance, your renter's insurance. She can do all of it for you. She's based in North Lauderdale area. 954-581-8800. 954-581-8800. She's also the biggest Miami Heat fan that pretty much I've ever met. Insurancebylynette.com. A aggressive insurance. Also, check out Prize Picks. That's our fantasy sponsor. Use code five F I V E. FIBA is going to be on there soon, so make sure that you check that out. Of course, USA going to be playing. Jovic going to be playing. A lot of people are going to be playing. Use the code five F I V E. Get that initial deposit match up to hundred dollars. Football fans, it's all going on there now. They got the preseason games. They've got the futures. Play Tua. Play Waddle. Play Hill. Play Dalvin Cook with the Jets. He signed today. Go to Prize Picks. Use the code five F I V E. Download it from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or prizepicks.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So your thoughts on this, guys. Alex, first you. Do you think that this affects the Dame deal in any way or how Dame handles himself? What do you think Dame is thinking as he's watching this? Because <laughs> he's not going to do Before that. Before I get to that, I just, I just want to say before I get to that part, um, like, I think you should be doing auctions because you do these ads with such an incredible speed. And I, I really, it's, it's a testament to the amount of reps you've gotten over the years as a host. And it's incredible. I just wanted to say that, but thank you. Um, and, and one take in one take, it's not record. It's not recorded practice. No, Never. just one take go boom, done. We could, we can't. Cause then we, we got to start all over just to let everybody in on that. Yeah. We, all, so, we only do one take here on stream. Yeah. One take. People don't and, know. And that explains that explains a lot. But no, in, in really, <laughs> uh, what I wanted to say was um, the I think there are some parallels between the Damon Harden situations that we talked about before. But it's kind of apples to oranges. Not only because of the character stuff that you talk about, because that is part of this, right? Because they're both handling what is in their eyes a situation where there are unfulfilled promises, right? Because there was similar talk when it comes to Joe Cronin and Dame Lillard and kind of, you know, there, there was an agreement and this is also something that Cronin said multiple times. I don't think we, we had the video here um, on demand, but like he just, th- there's multiple years of press conferences um, where he talks about wanting to build uh, a win now team around Dame Lillard. That was the promise. Whereas with Harden, it was like, okay, the, the, everybody's saying, why did he opt uh, opt in to the one year? Uh, this past summer and it's because there was a promise there that they were going to look to trade him and then the Sixers went out and did this thing where they go public because I, I forgot who pointed this out I want to say it was Sam Bassini of the Athletic somebody pointed out that it's, you you don't necessarily got to do that if you're the Sixers like you yeah. could have just stopped risk because what, what happens is they stalled out most likely mm-hmm. right and it's like then they just stopped nothing happened similarly similarly to what's going on right now with the heat and the blazers but instead they went out and you know put it out for everybody to see and it was kind of a shot at, at harden as well it was a signal for harden to be like okay you know this is what's happening and clearly he wasn't cool with it he took it disrespectfully and i think they've kind of crossed that threshold that cronin and the blazers haven't exactly crossed yet but they may be inching closer ever closer and closer to that line and so I don't know how much it's affecting Dame, but I do think it's kind of a sideshow distraction for, from the Blazers end right now where kind of t- people are going to be worried about that, right? That's going to kind of be the the thing going on. 
and we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, they're they're completely out of the picture now. I think even if they get, you know, that Clippers return, they'll be like an okay regular season team. But yeah, they're they're kind of done as contenders. They're not going to get the requisite talent in return. I thought Maury did a good job by flipping that terrible uh, Simmons situation in the first place to getting Harden in return, even though he wasn't Houston Harden anymore. It was probably still a good trade, even looking back on it now. The problem is the way that they're handling it now, where if that promise is true, you know, that's a problem. You, you kind of handle it in such a problematic, unnecessary way. And that's the biggest part of it all, because now you're Alice, also, you're I, also I, worsening your own leverage by letting this get mm-hmm. this ugly. It's the complete and it happened. The, the timing of this is the worst part about it. Right. Like if you're the NBA, it's like the same weekend that this beautiful Hall of Fame stuff <laughs> is happening. And like we mentioned on the last part, the testament to um, teams having good relationships and, and maintain mm-hmm. good relationships with their teams. Like James Harden is the complete opposite of that. The juxtaposition between this happening the same weekend as a Hall of Fame with Dirk, Wade, Powell, Popovich, Parker. Like, it's just hilarious, man. And I gonna, don't want gonna, the, the Sixers stuff to end because of that. You just could have said Wade. I mean, just the juxtaposition with Wade. And like, Wade, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't even know how I forgot. I, no, but, I, no, but I'm I saying, like, comparison to Harden, since they're always put in the same category and they are nothing alike as players, people, or anything else along those lines. But, Greg, I, I think the, here's the key difference, okay, uh, between the two situations and, and why I think, and you mentioned more of this getting public, and this is part of the problem with Maury talking so much, okay, and wanting to befriend all these national guys because I think that's one of the reasons that it leaked out and then Harden felt he had to come back at it publicly. He's been on that as, pod a bunch of times. Like, I, uh, oh, no, I know. I, I know. Well, look, wait, look <laughs> if, if Pat and Andy want to come on here, we got no problem with that, but I'm just saying it's just the way that Philadelphia does business uh, and where Maury has done business everywhere. But I, I, here's the difference, okay? Philadelphia – had a reason to keep James Harden for the best possible return for this season because they are competing. Like they are, they have Joel Embiid in his prime. Like he's the reigning MVP. Like they are competing. Like that's the part of it for more. I understood. I'm not condoning breaking a promise, but I'm saying I understood him trying to get as much return as possible for this year because they have to stay in the picture because they got to keep Embiid happy. They, They have no choice. Portland is completely opposite situation. Like Portland and, does not benefit from Dame sticking around there in any way at this point. Portland benefits from getting all the assets you can, okay, cut your losses, move forward with your nice young core. Philadelphia doesn't have a nice young core. They've got Maxi. That's it, okay? They're, they're trying to compete immediately. Here, here's the truth of this, and all of y'all have kind of touched on it in different ways. It's very likely that Joe Cronin has lied Dame and and not followed through with what he said he was going to execute a lot more than Daryl Morey just did to James Harden in that short period of time. So Ethan, you alluded to a week before camp. It could come sooner than that, but this is the main part of it, and you're hitting on it. When the microphone gets in front of Dame's face and somebody has the opportunity to ask him, what is up with you and Joe Cronin? Why, what is it that is making you so steadfast wanting to go elsewhere, even though everyone kind of knows why? When he gets the chance to say, well, I was lied to. Do they really want to go through that? Do they really want Dame to say that on record? And so I do think that there is an element of that they may see this and say, Man, that's, that, w- that would be a horrible way for this to end. But that's the optimist point of view in me. But I do think there's something, Ooh, too. You can't let it that, get that ugly. 
Dame's not going to come out and be like James Harden no. and go in front of a camera and make a big scene. But if he has to come to camp as a professional and stand there against long and stand not against, but alongside longtime people that have covered him, like Aaron, who's been on our show, and he asks some questions, he's going to answer his questions. Yes. And like that's when I think things could get super weird for them. And I just think to your point, it's it's self-sabotage with a brand new era with a top pick that you kept because you thought he was so good that you couldn't get he rid of him. He plays the same position. Yeah. He plays the same position. I rest and, my and, case. And, and exactly. And that's part of it. And, and and I'll close here. And thanks to our sponsors, Prize Picks, Bitter Edge, A Aggressive Insurance, insurancebylinet.com. One of the most uncomfortable things for an organization is when a star player is fighting against either a coach or an executive or an owner there because it puts the other people in this terribly awkward position. And I'll just give one example here. Okay. Um, when the heat were going through their stuff with Dwayne and uncomfortable with Dwayne, one of the things that was beneficial at least was that it was during the off season. Okay. Nobody was really asking Dwayne about his contract during the season. They were asking LeBron in 2010 in Cleveland and it put that PR staff in a weird spot. The media relations people have to deal with the players every day and they've got to deal with the others who are outside. And it gets really awkward for everybody there, okay, when they don't know who they're supposed to be protecting. Because typically PR staffs are designed to protect the players. They're protecting the players from the media, from accusations from people outside, from Oh, they're protecting the players. Now, PR staffs are sometimes split where somebody handles the coach more. Somebody handles, you know, the, the, the whoever is the, pre, the VP of media relations tend will deal with the owner whenever they're the brief times that the owner actually speaks, okay, or the GM. But typically they are there and they have their staff there to protect the players. If you have your star player not in the offseason anymore, okay, where he doesn't have to honor these requests, but where he is required to speak to the media or else the NBA starts to get involved. And that's to your point, Greg. And you have Portland's PR, which I don't know Portland's PR now. I used to know them. I think they've changed since some since. Okay. But these are professionals. They just want to do their jobs. That's all. They want to protect the players as well as they can. They want to do their jobs. They have players they like better than others. They have ones they deal with just because they have to deal with them. But Dame Lillard has a relationship with these people. It goes back years. Okay. To every, to people in that organization, just like Dwayne did. And I'm just thinking how uncomfortable it would have been if, let's say, Dwayne wasn't a free agent in 2016, but he was going into, say, the last year of his contract or two years after his contract, and he had demanded a trade because he didn't like the way that he was being treated for one reason or another. And the people in the Heat PR staff, the Tim Donovans, the Rob Wilsons, the Michael Lissacks, the Nick Majorano, whatever, had to sit there and pick and choose who they were going to cater to or who they were going to defend when Such their star player was calling out the guy who signs their checks – Okay, or the guy who is paid by the guy who signs their checks in the case of Pat Riley, okay, and who basically is their boss. So you're sitting in a situation where you're you're defending the people you are you are basically there to protect from the people who are paying you. Okay. That's what Portland is looking at now. Like if he comes to camp, like that's what they're looking at. And it's it's not like Harden who I can tell you probably the people in Philadelphia don't give a flying bleep about. Okay. Exactly. He just got there, but you're talking about the icon of your organization. It's a total no win situation and it's completely unnecessary because the Miami heat, even if they haven't offered everything that they can, 
have put enough on the table with no other offers out there from anybody else to allow the Portland Trailblazers to move on to what could be, if it's handled correctly, I don't know with Joe Cronin, but we'll see, a successful rebuild because they found a good player in the 20s in Simons, okay? They've just drafted a guy third who was supposed to go first or second, okay, in most drafts. And Shane and Sharp, it appears they hit on, okay? So they've got three core pieces there. Forget Jeremy Grant or Nurkic. they got three core pieces going forward, and they're going to bring this guy into camp? It's just, it's insanity to me. And and I, I can tell you, without having spoken to the people inside the Portland front office, but knowing how NBA operations work, I can tell you they're probably dreading this, the whole thing. Like the regular people in that organization who built relationships with Dame. It's just, it's just, it leads to awkwardness, just generally. You know, even, I'll go even back to Dwayne's camp in 2016 before he left for Chicago. There were no Heat people there. There were no heat. The people who had been there at his camp, so there were no heat people. And I've I said this before on the pod. Dwayne was miserable before they were going to Chicago. You could just tell they were planning press conferences up there. But all the people that had been around him all those years, they were not there. Okay. In this case, <laughs> they're gonna be there. And it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. And and look, if Joe Cronin's not gonna do it, the Allen family, those who run the organization now, should jump in here and say, is this really what we want to do? really what we want to do even if we don't think dame's gonna go full beard okay is this really what we want to do all right uh before we close both of you have 10 more seconds to laugh at the sixers go ahead where do y'all uh, think Embiid ends up i don't think he goes in division to the knicks let's just skip right to it because Embiid is out of there isn't it going to be great <laughs> when he puts miami on his list but then the heat say that they're not really interested uh, shout out to Chef Trilly for this idea because it's so perfect because oh, they have Bam Adebayo. They don't need Joel Embiid. That's going to give us so much content. Wow. Thanks again. <laughs> Thank you to the Sixers. Endless source. Um, I will say once it, if and when this, you know, this whole process um, era does disband in a year, whenever it happens, when Embiid's out of there, because it feels inevitable at this point, um, you know, it, I'm going to miss it a little bit. I'm going to miss it because there's such a cool, funny heel in a, in a way where like it's it's fun to root against them and fun to laugh at them when all this stuff happens every summer. Um, I'm going to miss that part because it, it really does seem like we're we're kind of in the end stages here of that era. And the way it's just going down, amazing. Could not have gone down in a funnier way just year by year, like I mentioned before. But, man, it's we are here. We are here. Like, they, shout out to the Sixers, man. My favorite part of this entire Dame saga now, as this is going on, is these Blazer fans who, again, I respect Blazer fans in general, but these Blazer fans who are now using like basically Russian bot accounts to to spam us. And uh, so I'll just I'll just go with this, Greg. We could close here when you tweeted out today. I just found it. Cronin has lied more than Moray, which again I I agree with you without knowing all the details. It certainly seems like it. I just want to tell you that at John Davis, one, two, nine, two, four, four, four does not agree. Ha 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 ha. You are one dumb human, Greg. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.